Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Truth and Justice. For those of you that have been listening along with the entire Reply Brief series, where we've been reinvestigating and going back through every single detail of the Adnan Syed case, this episode will fit right in with where we're currently at in the season, where we've just finished up covering Jen's interview, Jay's first official recorded interview, his second official recorded interview, and how all of that played out at the trial. Now we're moving on to letting you hear all of those interviews for yourself, the actual audio. We're doing that in order. Last week, we heard Jennifer Pusateri's interview, and today you're going to hear Jay's first official recorded interview. According to the police, but not to Jay coincidentally, Jay says that he'd been talking to the police for weeks before this and they'd been harassing him, but according to the police, this is the first time they've spoken to Jay. They claim that they did a short, unrecorded interview before this, and then this is the first time that Jay is on the record. Now, just like last week, I'm not going to give you analysis here. We'll do any breakdown and analysis during the follow-up episode that'll come on Friday. For those of you that are new here that aren't usual listeners of Truth and Justice, and you're just here because this is the first time that the full audio of Jay's interview has been released, first of all, welcome. And also, if you want to participate in the discussion that follows this, you can join the official Truth and Justice podcast fans page on Facebook, or you can follow the show on X at Truth Justice Pod, and keep your eyes open for when we're going to be recording live. This week, we should be recording our follow-up episode live on YouTube on Tuesday evening, about 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Prior to that, there'll be a post on the Facebook fan page. I'll ask for listeners to submit questions for that follow-up episode. So if you want to participate, that's the best way for you to do that. If you just want to hear some more breakdown and analysis, tune in on Friday to our Friday follow-up for this episode. And if you're interested in a full breakdown of the case that began as a response or a reply to the prosecutor's podcast analysis of the case, you can go all the way back to episode one and listen through season 14 of Truth and Justice, titled The Reply Brief where I break down the case piece by piece every episode leading up until now. Now moving forward, again, like last week, you're not going to hear any more from me once I start the interview. I want you to be able to hear it in its entirety. I'm going to take a quick ad break before it starts, and then the next and only ad break will come in when the detective stopped the tape and flipped it over. 
And on that note, I mentioned this on last week's follow-up. If you listened to that, but I'll mention it again here. One thing that's interesting, for those of you that listened to Jen's interview last week, you notice that at about 49 minutes into her interview, the tape abruptly stopped. It ran out of tape. I've always thought that it was strange that in Jay's interview, around 35 minutes, the detectives say the tape has about two minutes left in it. It's about to hit the end. So they're going to stop the interview and flip the tape over. Once I brought up these audio files next to each other, I can see now that my suspicions were correct. The tape was, in fact, nowhere near close to the end when they said there was two minutes left. You can actually see it in the audio file that just like Jen's, the tape runs about 49 minutes long. You can see all of the artifacts from the recorded tape after they stop it and it continues to play to the end. There was actually about 15 minutes of tape left. You can do with that whatever you will, but I do just want you to know that I can confirm from the sound waves in the recordings that when they said there was two minutes left and they stopped the tape, there was actually 15 minutes of tape left. It was nowhere near the end. So they stopped the tape unnecessarily and then fast forwarded to the end, flipped it over and started recording again. So when you hear them say they're going to stop it, you'll hear the ad break. Just know they're not telling the truth when they said there was two minutes left. We know that for a fact. We can see it on the sound waves. I'm actually going to post a photo about that, and I may even make a video about it demonstrating it to you so you can see it for yourself. This tape was the same length as the tape they were using for Jennifer. They just stopped it early. Now, as you listen to this, make up your own mind about what you think. You decide if you think Jay's telling the truth. And I think that a good exercise is for you to listen to it independently. And what I mean is, when you're listening, try not to think about what Jen said, but just listen to what Jay's saying. And you decide if you think that he's being honest, if he's telling the truth, or if he's lying, or if he's just changing some details around. Later, we'll come back and we'll compare the two, and you'll see where any conflicts come in between those two interviews. But the major case that was made by the prosecutors was that the strength of the case against Adnan is Jen's interview and Jay's first recorded interview, this one. So really pay attention, listen closely, and after the short break, I'm going to begin Jay's first interview on February 28th, 1999. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. This is a taped interview of J.W. Wilds. Mr. Wilds is a black male, uh, 19 years of age. His date of birth is, is, is 1-12-80. Mr. Wilds resides at in zone 28. Today's date is the 28th of February. It's approximately 1.30 in the morning. My name is Detective Gregory McGillivary. Present is Detective William Ritz. We're at 601 East Fayette Streets, the offices of homicide, specifically the Colonel's Conference Room. Um, Mr. Wilds, for your for this record, could you please state your full name? J.W. Wilds. How old are you, sir? 19. And what is your date of birth? 1-12-80. And where do you reside? Um, Mr. Wilds, prior to us stating this, uh, starting this tape, um, we filled out an explanation of rights, at which point you read your rights. Is that correct? Yes, and I fully understand. And you read one through five out loud? Yes, sir. Okay. And after each of the lines, you did something. What was that? I signed yes in my initials. Okay. And you fully understand those rights, correct? Yes, sir. And after you read the five, uh, there was another line that you read. Yes. Uh, can you read that for me? Yes. I am willing to answer questions and do not want an attorney at this time. My decision to answer questions without having an attorney present is free and voluntary on my part. Okay. Uh, Mr. Wilds. This office is currently investigating a homicide uh, that occurred on the 13th of January, 1999, involving a Hey Lee. Yeah. What, if anything, can you tell me about that? Um. It, on the evening of one twelve ninety-nine. Um, Your birthday is yeah. January 12th, right? Yes. On my birthday. On the evening of my birthday, um, Adnan had called me and we chatted. Um, we made plans for the next day. That morning he called me and we made a ride. To the, we, took a, we were going to the mall. He asked me if I could do him a favor. Do you recall what time he called your hands up? Um, okay. A little after 10, uh, 1045, quarter 11. That's when I woke up. I showered, so it was about, about an hour before I left. Um, we left the house on the way to the mall. He asked me if I could do him a favor. Did he come to your house and pick you up? Yes, sir. What type of vehicle was he driving? Uh, Honda Accord. And what color is that vehicle? Um, gold or tan, which, whichever. Is that a two-door or four-door vehicle? Four-door. So he came to your house at uh, quarter or 12. He said it was about an hour later after he called your house? Yes. He picks you up, and where do you get from that point? Um, we headed towards Western Mall. Um, we did a little shopping together. Um, on the way, I was taking him to school to go back to class. On the way to school, he had asked me if I could pick him up from 
And he didn't say where. He just asked me if I could pick him up. Does he give you his card? Mm-hmm. And he leaves his cell phone in the glove box. Why does he give you his card? Um, so I could freeze during volumes in school. But what time did you drop him off at the school? About lunchtime, so about 12.30. When you take him back up to school, which school are you referring to? Oh, I'm sorry, but not high. And where do you drop him off at the school? In the rear. Then what do you do? Uh, go to Mark Pusateri's house. And where is that located? Um, I don't know the exact address. It's right off of uh, Ingleside Avenue. Okay, prior to dropping Adnan off at school, does he have a conversation with you about what he's going to do that day? Or um, He tells me he's going to kill Hay. I, I don't believe him. I mean, the conversation where Adnan tells you he's going to kill Hey, um, where does that conversation take place? In his car, it started off, we were talking about girls, and Steph's birthday was coming up, you know, we're going to get to the queue, she read this, that, and other. I can't believe, like, I can't believe what he did to me, he broke my heart like that. And, um, what did he mean by that? He said that she was, she just, they've been together for a while, and she just all of a sudden was like, I don't want to be with you, I hate you. They couldn't, couldn't believe someone could be that heartless or something like that. That was how the conversation, how the topic came up. And he's like, I'm a killer. And, and I figured, you know, him bitching about her breaking his heart, him saying he's going to kill her, all, all one in the same type conversation. But it didn't fire any warning signals in my When he said he was going to kill her, did he make any mention of how or uh, when he was going to kill her or anything like that? Um, he said today. That's all he said. He didn't say how, when, where. If he can, and that's been almost uh, five or six weeks. Try and recall his exact words if you can. I'm going to do it. I'm going to kill that bitch. That's does he, do it. That's does he refer to her by name? But the conversation is about her. So when he says, I'm going to do it, I'm going to fucking kill that bitch, you assume that he's talking about him. Hey, yeah. Does he say anything else about what he's going to do? Not at that point in time, though. Did you believe uh, not, him during this conversation? Not in the context of the conversation. It didn't, no. Okay. And you were talking about Hay Lee. Yeah. So when he indicates that he's going to kill her. It was Hay Lee that he was talking about, yes. Okay. You dropped him back off at school. You said sometime around 1230 in the rear of the school. Mm-hmm. You go back over to Mark Terry's house. Mm-hmm. And where's that located again? I'm sorry. Off of Ingleside. I don't know the exact address. It's, uh, it's the, the street stuff with the C. And it's right off Ingleside Avenue. Okay, when you arrive at Mark's house, what do you do? Sit down, video game out. Who was home at that time? Just me and Mark. Do you recall what time you arrived at the house? No, not exactly. I know a little while after the sister came in the house. And who was his sister? Jen. I'm sorry? Jen Pusateri. Do you know what time she comes home? I know she gets off of work about 12.30, so, and she works in Elgin City, so 15 minutes from Elgin City. Now, how old is Jen? Excuse me, I think she's 18. And how old is Mark? 15. So you're there playing video games. It's you, Mark, and Jen in the house. Yes. Are there any other people or adults in the house? No. What happens throughout the afternoon? I sit and play a waiting game. You know, he's like, I'm going to call you, I need a ride. 
So you're wait, playing this waiting game, waiting for him to give you a call. Mm -hmm. Does he call you at some point in time? Yeah. What time does he call you? Um, time I remember talking to him, like actually having a conversation with him was about 340 something. Going back to when you drop him off, does he give you a time that he's going to call you? He told me about 3 o'clock. About 3 o'clock? So he, you're waiting around, he finally calls about 340. Right. Then what do you do? I go and pick him up from a place in the city where I went I went to pick him up from off of Emerson Avenue at a strip and he uh pops the trunk open and when you say it on Edmondson Avenue off of the strip. Do you recall any cross streets on Edmondson Avenue where you go to meet him? I don't know him by name, but I can tell him to you by sight. Okay, so he gives you the street name, mm -hmm. and you're familiar with it, you know how to get there, or does he give you directions? Um, he told me, he gives me a street name, and I'm, I'm familiar enough to get to where he's at. He's landmarks and stuff like that, it wasn't. How long is, does it take for you to get there from uh, Mark and Jen's house to this address on Edmondson Avenue? With traffic and stoplight, it's probably about 20 minutes. So you arrive 20 minutes later, this location on Edmondson Avenue, then what happened? Um, I drove, I followed him to, I followed him out into... Do you get out of your car when you get on Edmondson Avenue and have any conversations with him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, tell me about that. Um, we got out, oh, and he, he's, he's walking around with red, red gloves on. Um, red, red, red gloves are they? Winter, the winter gloves. With, uh, cloth gloves or? Yeah, they're like wool with uh, leather palms. And, and, and that, that, that spark, I was, you know, you walk around with gloves on for and then I'm sorry. Um, and then pops, he goes, I did it, I did it. You don't fucking believe me, I did it. And he pops the trunk open and, and he's like, he's all bent up and, and ballooning the trunk. Hey, when you see this person in the trunk, who is that person? Haley. Now you know Haley? Yes. And how do you know Haley? Uh, I sat next to him in biology. So you see her in the trunk of the car, you said she's blue. Do you recall what type of clothing she's wearing? Um, a black skirt, um, some, some like coat stockings, um, and uh, a, a, a white glass. Okay, does she have her shoes on? Yeah. So you're standing there, he pops the trunk. Does he use a key to get into the trunk, or does he use the inside latch? Uh, Easy trunk key. Easy key. After he shows you her body in the trunk, and tells you that he finally did it, then what happened? We argued um, for like uh, about five minutes out in the corner. And uh, we started drawing attention, arguing. So he's like, just get in the car and follow me. And so get in the car and I follow him and we end up at the 70 parking ride off of, uh, um, what is that, uh, Cook Lane. Okay, when you say you get in the car and follow him, whose car are you driving? His. And what kind of car is that again? Uh, an Accord, a gold Accord with four doors. And he's driving another vehicle? Mm -hmm. What type of vehicle? It was Hayes' car. I knew it to be Hayes' car. I've seen it before. What type of vehicle is that? Uh, silver, silver, small silver portal. 
you know what make and model it is? Yeah. But you know that to be Haley's car. I've seen him driving it from school back and forth a couple times. Yeah. Okay, after you guys are arguing on the street, draw attention to yourself. He tells you to follow him. Uh-huh. You get back in his car. Yeah. You're going to follow him up to a parking line. Yeah. To Route 70 okay. and off of Cook's Lane. Where 70 ends. Okay. Yeah. Then what happens? He gets back in the car. What do you do with her car? He leaves it. Does he remove the body from the no. her car? No. Nothing. Just out the car. He gets into his car. Yes. Okay. Are you still driving? Yes. Okay. Then what happened? Um, we went. Um, we rocked the L back in the woods, back in the state park. Rock the L. What is that? Mean? Uh, smoking blunt. Um, back in the state park. Where exactly are you referring to? Uh, hill, I think it's hilltop. No, um, it's the cliff down off of our uh, river road. Wait, how long are you guys back at the cliff? Probably like thirty minutes. Okay, you said you smoked a blunt back there. That's marijuana. Yeah. When you first met. Adnan, uh-huh. when he called you, you went down Edmonds and Edna. Yes. Did he appear to be high or intoxicated? Did he seem all right to you? No. He didn't. He thousand yard stare. It wasn't. I don't know, like, if, if it had to be a drug, it'd probably be like acid or something. It wasn't. It was like, you know, a thousand yard stare. It wasn't somebody's drunk, somebody's high. I know I know what they look like. You know what I mean? Well, he just killed somebody. Could it be like he's kind of zapped out because of that? Maybe, I mean, he does. I mean, was he talking out of his head saying there's Martians coming to get him or anything? No, he wasn't. He, he surprisingly calm, cool, and collective. Calm, cool, and collective. He's able he just to... Had a, he just had a thousand-yard stare on his face. He called, talking to me, you know... Well, his mind's probably going a thousand miles a minute. He's telling you to follow him. He's has his plan. He's able to think things out clearly. Would that be true? From what I observed, yes. Is you guys go down to the cliff smoke one. Then what do you guys do? I took him back to school. You leave her car at the parking ride? Yes. What time do you take him back to school? Um, I don't recall the sun was going down. Uh, I, I don't uh, track practice. If I had to guess, probably like 4.30. Okay, you said he had on these uh, red cloth gloves with uh, leather on the palms. Yes. What other type of clothing was he wearing? Um, a blue rain suit jacket, and I don't remember what kind of pants he had. Hey, what happens after you drop them off at school? Is there come a point in time where you get back to the school and pick them up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you know what time to get back? He to called school? me on the cell phone again. Do you recall what time he called you? Mm-hmm. Maybe like six forty-five, something like that. When he calls you at 6.45, where exactly are you? Uh, I think I was at my home. You are at home? Yeah. So you leave home, you go back over to school and pick him up. Mm-hmm. Then what do you do? He uh, tells me to take him back to the Route 70 parking lot. Okay, when you take him back there, is the car still there? Yes. Then what do you do? No, we... Before that happened, we were, we were eating, and a uh, police officer called him on the phone. And then that... We, Cut the meal short. He's like, "We gotta go back to the parking lot." When a police officer called him on the phone, do you recall what time that was? No, I don't. But I remember it. I remember because he had to sit down. 
yes, no, yes, no. Did he tell you he was talking to a police officer? Mm-hmm. Did he tell you what that conversation was about? Wow. He said that he didn't pick up her, her cousin. They're already looking for it. And you already knew that she didn't pick up her cousin because she was in the trunk of the car. Yeah. And what happened after the conversation with the officer? Um, uh, he, uh, he, he got kind of frantic and we uh, had to go back and get the car and I went back and got the car and uh, then we went back to my house. I gave him a shovel, gave him a pick. He, uh, when you go back to your house, who drive, drives Haley's car? We didn't have Haley's car yet. Okay. When he gets the call from the officer, mm-hmm. where are you guys? Are you up at the park and ride? No, we're at a restaurant. We're sitting down eating. Where exactly? What, what's the name of the restaurant? Um, I think we're in McDonald's on Rolling Road. On McDonald's Rolling Road? Yeah. The conversation with the officer, how long does that take place? Uh, it's pretty long, about 15 minutes. After the conversation, you guys leave McDonald's. Go to Bar Harbor. And um, he asked me for a pick, shovel, and get him all this shit. Um, he said, take him back to the parking ride. Took him back to the parking ride. Um, he told me to follow him. Drove me all around West Bubblefuck. Got back to Lincoln Park. He said, um, I pulled up next to him. He was like, go park up around the corner. I'll be up there in a second. Um, I went up around the corner for a while. I was like, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. You go up around the corner. Are you still within a view of uh, Haley's car? Are you totally out of sight? Yeah. Uh Why did he know that you just didn't leave him there? Uh, He didn't. Okay, so you're up around the corner. Then what happened? He dropped her car back up around the corner, and um, I was turning around, so he thought I left him. He was walking around the street, and I picked him up. And uh, what does he say to you? He says she was heavy, um, and then he starts to throw up. And then he, uh, like, you gotta take me back there. I gotta, I gotta bury him. And then uh, we argue. Uh, for about five minutes and go back, we park the car and just little, I don't know, pull off off the side of the road. Describe the pull off. What does that look like? Are there any? Um, there's like white, white, uh, you know, uh, highway dividers. The Jersey wall? Yeah. Like, like you see on the median strip? Yeah. There's, there's, concrete barriers? Yeah, some of those around. There's a couple wood posts and there's snow on the ground. And um, I seen her jacket on the ground. What kind of jacket was that? It was blue and red. Was it a nylon jacket? Yeah, jacket? It, was, it was nylon. Where like exactly type. was that on the ground? Um, in, the, in the walkway, in the path. And uh, I went back there and uh, she just kind of like laying against the wall. And he asked me to help him dig and we argued some more. And then uh, I started digging a hole. And Who started digging a hole? I had none. Started digging and um, threw up once more, and he uh, finished the hole and put hay in there. Sage first. Hey, bring just back up just for a second, Jay. The jacket was on the ground. You said it was red and blue in a walkway. Did anybody pick up? Oh, the he jacket? picked it up. He picked it up. 
What did he do with the jacket? Threw it out. I mean, he just flung it in buried or nothing like that. Now you guys walk back. How far do you walk back once you park your car? Uh, Not that far. Probably like 20 yards. Okay. Describe to me, when you're walking back, what the geographical area looks like. Um, you said there was a tree there or something. It's like a wash area from a, like a riverbed or something. Okay. And uh, there's like a there's a log with uh, it's a fallen over tree and there's snow on the ground and there's like a whole bunch of old brush around there. When he Adnan is digging a hole describe for me how deep a hole he digs not that deep maybe like shindy uh, you say shindy but that two feet no no um maybe a foot where is Haley's body when he's digging the hole? Right next to where he's digging. After he completes digging the hole, then what happened? Does he ask you to help him pick her up? He said, he, you know, she's yeah. heavy. Yeah, he asked me a whole bunch of times to help her carry him, drive her car, and all that shit. Okay. When he asked you to pick her up, describe to me where you grab her or how to you assistance. I didn't. You didn't grab her feet and help her uh, slide her over to the hole? I didn't touch her. When he puts her body in this shallow grave, describe to me how she is positioned. She's, uh, like her head's facing away from the room. Um, like her arm kind of like twisted behind her back and she's uh, kind of like laying on her side. Is she face up, face down? Face down. She's face down. What side is she laying on? Her right, I think. Her right side? Yeah. The clothing that she had on, you described, she had a black skirt on. Yeah. Uh, a white blouse? Yeah. Any other clothing? Stockings. When Adnan put her in the shallow grave, did you see her shoes? No. What happened he to her shoes? He told me he left those in the car. He told you he left them in the car? Mm -hmm. As he's digging a shallow grave, and uh, can you describe for me what the lighting conditions are? Is it dark out then, or is it yeah, just starting to get dark? dark. It's dark. It's been dark for a couple hours. Well, how are you guys able to see as you're going back there? You're not digging in the dark. Yeah, he was. He was. No flashlights, nothing like that. It was snow on the ground, so light was refacting off. It wasn't like you could see much your eyes got it. Well, how was the lighting condition? Was it a full moon? Um, Do you recall? I can't recall, but it was enough light. I couldn't read a book or nothing, but I mean, I could count change in my hand if I had to. How long does it take Adnan to dig the grave? Like half an hour. And during the digging process, do you assist him at all? No. Not at all. Out there, smoke a cigarette on the hall. It's not like I believe what happened. I mean, what happens after he places her in a grave? Does he cover her up? No, he throws up first, then he covers her up. When he covers her up, does he shovel the dirt back on top of her? Yeah. Then what happened? And then he left. Um. When you guys leave, is her coat still out there? 
or does he pick it up on the way back? He in? threw it when we were walking in. It wasn't on the way back. It was gone by. He threw it on the way in. Okay, when you guys walk back out to the roadway, you get back into the vehicles. Which vehicle do you get into? The uh, Accord. And which vehicle does he get into? Um, his car, the Silver Pro. Where do you guys go to from the park? Um, we went down, we went to Belvedere first, and then he uh, drove me over, back over to this side of town. What is on Belvedere? Um, the Players Club, Rock Rastafarians, Jamaican, it's a strip, you figured, you know, strip, it's already hot every day. Um, you guys were ever just listening to music or? No, no, he was just looking for a place to leave the car. Okay. And, um, he, he, he figured to leave it on a strip since it was hot. And, you know, anyway, he would just point in and it works. And, uh, he didn't like that one, so we drove back on the side of town and down off of, uh, Route 40 or Emerson Avenue, which everyone followed. Um, we went to a strip up there and parked the car back, back in, uh, I don't know, like someone on the strip, I mean, um, off, on a floating side street. But. After he parks the car there, then what happens? He moves it. He didn't like that spot, so he moved it to another spot. And after he moved it to the second spot, then he got out of the car and he had like, uh, he was carrying like her purse and, and her wallet and, and he had some other stuff in his hand. And, uh, did he have her book bag? Maybe. I think that it could have been. Yeah, yeah, he was carrying a whole lot of stuff. It wasn't, you know, just his thing, a whole lot. He, he, he had all their stuff. When he gets all these articles out of the car, are they in the front seat area, the back seat, the trunk? Oh, I didn't, I didn't see I mean, I just seen him digging in the car, and I couldn't tell where he was getting stuff from. Describe um, the location where he parks his car. Do you know what street it's on? No, it's not on a street. It's like a, where a bunch of row homes in the back of a bunch of row homes in like a parking lot. Do you know what area of town is? Is it in Baltimore City? Baltimore yeah, it's on the west side of Baltimore City. Okay, so he parks the car there. He gets all these articles belonging to Haley out of the vehicle. Yes. Then what happened? Um, I parked it to drive myself home, and on the way home, He's like, stop here, stop behind. He gets in the car with you? Yes. Okay. And I'm driving myself home on my way home. He's like, stop here. We stopped at uh, at Westfield. And one of the dumpsters behind Westfield, he'd do all the stuff in it. Um, and you say Westfield, Westview Shopping Center? The mall, yeah. Try and think to recall which dumpster it was or where it's located on the park. It was two or three of them. It was... Uh, one I know was like a recycle dumpster. Um, like the first one is you come in in the back, like where the buses are and the bike is, and the rest of the stuff went like uh, the one near the movie theater. What happened after he discards the articles in the dumpsters? Um, we argue. Um, with the 7-Eleven in them all The area where 
that name parked the car and got all the things in on it. Have you gone back to that location to see if the car is still there? I was doing a commute. I made an effort to get out of my way to see if it was still there. Yeah, it was. Yeah. When was the last time that you went out of your way to, to um, see if the car was still there? Four days ago. So the 24th. When you went back to the location where he left it that night, yes. is the car still there? Yes. Does he have keys to that vehicle? No. What did he do with the keys? He put those in the dumpster also. How do you know that? I saw him. Do you recall what type of clothing you had on? Um, I think I had on a pair of tan jeans, some work boots, and a plaid coat, like a wool plaid coat. And where's that clothing today? I discarded it. You discarded the clothing? Yeah. Where did you discard the clothing? Um, I put mine in the trash at my house. Put it out in the trash. Why did you do that? I didn't want to be ripped up in anything, anyway, anyhow. Since this happened back on January the 13th. Yes. How many times have you been in contact with that Nanners? How many times has he contacted you? All together, probably about a dozen. And during those dozen times, was there any conversation about many references he made by the situation? He um, made light of the situation. Yeah, he. Uh, How did? What do you mean by that? Joked about it. You know what I mean? Like saying how it was cool, how he knew what went down, and everyone was looking for her, and how. Uh, but then, on the same token, he, the next day he'd be like, I can't believe I did it, and you feel bad and shit, so. The 12 occasions or these conversations you had with him, is that prior to the body being found? Say from January? Not all of them. Not all of them. Probably about five or six times I talked to him after that. Okay, so say half the conversations was prior to February the 9th when her body's discovered in Lincoln Park. Yeah. The other conversations are subsequent. Yeah. When he's joking about, uh, you know, can't believe what he did, and uh, those conversations prior to the body being found, he was um, making light of the both, situation? Both. Before and after. Other than him making light of the situation, laughing about it, what else? What was the content of the other conversations? Um, if I knew where he could get weed. Um, Any conversations between Oh, about he knew, he knew, uh, I'm involved in it, it's too late. Um, uh, references to the fact that he could get at my girlfriend. I mean, it when was, he said he can get at your girlfriend, what did he mean by that? Like, oh, you know me and Stephanie are friends, you can't say nothing to her. When was the last conversation you had with Adnan? Um, I, I think that was either yesterday or the day before. And the most recent conversation you had with him, yeah. what was the content of that conversation? Um, I had learned that you guys were looking for me. and How did you learn that? Uh, a lot of people told me, um, friends of mine told me that you guys were becoming questioning 
And so I went to him and I, was, I said, you know, fuck what you get me wrapped up in. And he just told me, just calm down, everything will be okay. Where did this conversation take place? Um, I believe it was in front of my house in his car. Other than you saying, you know, what the fuck did you do? Why didn't you get me wrapped up in this? What did he say? He just told me, uh, ain't nothing gonna happen. They don't know shit. And stay cool. Is there anything else said during that conversation? Um, he told me that he knew somebody. I mean, uh, I used to be involved in a lot of illegal activity. And, um, people on the west side, there's a, he told me that, the gist of what he told me was that he knew the west side hitman. So, I mean, it wasn't, I wouldn't call it a threat, but he would let me know. In a roundabout way that, what, if you said something to the police that... Yeah, because I told him, I mean, I was like, you know, if they come to me, I ain't gonna, you know, fuck around it. You know, I'm just gonna tell him what the gig is. He was like, uh, you know who I know. That's all he said. Prior to us turning the tape on, Jake, we had a conversation with you. Yes. And during that conversation, we spoke probably for about a half an hour, 45 minutes. Yes. The information that you provided during this interview, was it the same information that you provided during the first interview? No. During the first interview, there were a lot of inconsistencies. Yes. And uh, there are too many to go over that you kind of disassociated yourself from all the information that you provided in this interview. Why yes. is that? Here. All the information that you provided during this interview, has it been the complete truth? To the best of my knowledge. At any time during this interview, did Detective McGilvery and I threaten you in any way, coerce you, or force you to make this interview? God has been totally legit. Did we make any promises to you? Nothing. Are you presently under the influence of any drugs or alcohol? No, sir. You understand everything that's taking place here? Yes. Detective McGilvery? I do believe you've covered. Before we stop the tape, and it's just due to run out in about two minutes, uh, if you need more time than that, uh, if there's anything else that you've omitted during this interview, questions that I didn't ask you, give you the opportunity to, uh, you know, give us that information. Uh, anything else that, that I think you guys should know? That, yes. Um, one conversation he told me that he strangled her. Um, another conversation he wanted me to revisit body with him. When was that conversation? Prior to her being found. If I can just stop you just for a second, uh, Jake, because I'd like to get into that. The tape's going to run out in a minute. The time now is 2.09 a.m. on Sunday, uh, February 28th. We're going to terminate the, or stop the interview, interview just for a second so we can flip the tape over to side B.
today, it, uh, I'm sorry, testing one, two, three, uh, four. Let's just make sure it's working before we start again. This is Detective William Ritz again. Uh, we're about to resume the interview with Jay Wilds. Time now is 2.10 a.m. once again on Sunday, February the 28th. Jay, you started to say that you recalled a couple of conversations. During one of those conversations, he told you that he strangled Hay. If you would, going back, if you can recall the conversation that he had concerning uh, strangling her. Um, <coughs> he told me he thought she was trying to say something while he was strangling her. Um, he told me that she kicked, like, uh, knocked off the uh, windshield wiper thing in the car, and uh, that was. That was it. And the other conversation was he went. Well, if I can just stop for a second, the windshield wiper thing. I mean, the manual switch where you turn the windshield wipers on and uh, turn the windshield washers on. Yes. That got broken during the attack on her. That's what he told me. So when he actually strangles her, this is taking place inside her vehicle. Is that the impression That's, that you got? Yes. Did he say where that took place? No. Did he ever make any mention on how he got inside her vehicle or how he stopped her or got her attention that afternoon? No. The other conversation you said you had with him, and what was that again? He wanted me to revisit the body. And when did that conversation take place? Um, prior to Hayden yeah. How did all that come about? He just, he said, uh, you gotta take me back there. Um, I need to cover it more. And did you take him back there? Nope. Where did that conversation take place? Uh, I think it was at my job at the counter. He came to your place of employment. Would that be at the video store or F and M? I think it was like my first or second night at the video store. Since January the 13th, have you ever gone back out to Lincoln Park to visit the gravesite? No. Do you know, other than Adnan asking you that night that he came into the video store, did he ever make mention that he did go back out to the park to revisit the gravesite? No. Did uh, you... When did you realize someone had found uh, Hayes' remains? Uh, I was sitting at work and I seen it come across the news one night. I was sitting at work. Do you remember what day that was? No, no, no recall. And uh, do you recall what the news broadcast said? It just said that the search for it over. They found it. They showed it in the scene. That was it. The crime scene that they showed on TV, was that the location that you described to me with the concrete barriers and yes. the fallen down tree? Yeah. Have you told anyone about this incident? Um, yeah, I did. That, that, that night I told my friend Jen, just so if anything ever did happen to me. You yeah. told, I'm sorry, who did you tell? Jen Pusateri. Jen Pusateri. Yeah, so that if anything ever did happen to me, like get locked up, sent to jail, that some, at least somebody would know really what happened. 
during your conversation with Miss Pusateri, mm -hmm. what exactly did you tell her? I, I didn't give her a whole lot of details. I just told her that Adnan killed Haiti and about how he popped the trunk and showed his body and shit. Other than telling Jen that night on January the 13th, do you recall where that conversation took place? Mm, I think we were in a car somewhere. I don't remember where we were driving. Other than telling her that night, have you told anyone else? Um, told your girlfriend, your mother? No, I didn't tell my girlfriend, my mom. I think I might have told my friend Chris. Did he, did he kill her? I think he's the only other person I told. And what is Chris's full name? Chris, Christopher Lee Baskerville. And do you know his address? Um, no, he's at college. He goes to school at Morgan. Do you have a phone number or a pager for him? Um, yeah, I got a pager for him. And what is that number? one 800 5 Sprint, um, and his box numbers. I didn't get Christopher's last name. Baskerville. Baskerville? Basker. Baskerville. Yes. And he's a student at Morgan? Yeah. He may be a little reluctant, but I mean, just, just him looking out for me. Other than you being with Adnan that night, do you know of any other persons that Adnan has confided in to, or bragged to that uh, killed Haley? No, but I'd imagine it has to be somebody else. Um, maybe Tyed. I think he might have said something to it. I don't think he told Tyed that he killed Hay. I think he told Tyed that he killed someone. Um, Tyed? Tyed. How would you spell that? T-Y-A-D. And who is Tyed? He's a friend of his. Do you know Tyeb's last name? Um, Hussein. Do you know where Tyeb lives? No. Do you have, know his phone number? No. How old is Tyeb? He's, uh, he's either 19 or 18. And how do you know or why do you think that Adnan has told Tyeb what happened? Because that's how Tyeb is. Yep. Has Tyeb ever mentioned to you that Adnan has told him what happened? No. I'm just trying to get an idea. Oh, but no, you, you have to understand Tyab, like, for a lack of better choice of words, he's into that type of stuff, you know what I mean? It's not... Into what? I don't like, understand. murderous, killing, you know, don't scare, I mean, talked about how it was wonderful in Pakistan, stuff like that, I mean. Tyab is also from Pakistan and the Muslim? Yeah. Is there anything else that you could think of, Jay, that uh, would help us in our investigation? God might be able to find some dirt in his car. Um, would that be from your shoes? From both of ours. And a shovel was in there too. Um, Did you still have the shovels that, and the pick that... No, he threw those in the dumpster at West too. All the... Tools that he used. Yeah. Um, trying to think. Um, Before, during the interview, prior to turning the tape on, you stated to Detective McGillivray and myself that you'd be willing to take us out and show us where the vehicle's parked. No problem. Uh, are you still willing to do that? Yes. Sir. Also, you can show us where uh, initially that day. You met up with him on Edmondson Avenue? It's only four blocks down from where the car is. 
there anything else that you'd like to add to this? Um, I feel bad that, you know, I didn't come forward and do anything, but, I mean, just, I mean, I mean, I just I feel bad. I mean, I feel like I could have stopped it somehow. But, you know, maybe if I'd have paid more attention or, you know, something, I just feel bad about it. It's all, it's all I Jenny, why would that man call you? The criminal element of Woodlawn. Is that a real or perceived reputation? Quote, perceived is like how how the student body sees me. You know, I mean, teachers who really know me know that I'm not like that, but, you know, you get a certain reputation kind of sticks with you. Because of the contacts you have with helping him get his marijuana, he thinks that you're in that element that uh, would be willing to assist him in uh, disposing of the body. I, I would guess so. That I would know someone or know where or something. But the last conversation you had with Adnan, and he said, "Just be cool, don't worry about a thing." Did he make any mention that if the police? were on to him, what his plans were. No, but I'd watch out because um, prior conversation we had, he told me that uh, when the cops at first went to his house, you know, how Muslim and his father is all, that his father freaked out and told him, uh, well, we have family in Pakistan, so, I mean, that's the only place I think that he go. Does his father know of his involvement? Do you think that uh, he has told his family? Nah, doubt, seriously, doubt. Why would his father bring up in a conversation, don't worry, we have family in Pakistan, the police were just coming there inquiring but and it didn't have anything to do Muslim with it? Muslim families are, they're like that. Police presence shows up, they think they're all going to jail for no reason. I mean, just like brothers on the corner while you run, you're chasing me, you know what I mean? I understand. All right, uh, I believe that concludes this interview. Uh, at this I've point. been as honest as I possibly can remember to you. I mean, truthfully honest. Okay. Uh, that concludes this interview. Time now is 2.21 a.m. on Sunday, February the 28th, 1998. Nine. 1999, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I've been up for a while. Yes. Truth and Justice is an NBI Studios production. All music for the show is created and composed by Shane Yoder at PutThemInASong.com. The font you see on all of our logos and banners were created by Tate Krupa of Red Swan Graphic Design. Katie Ross of CreatedInTandem.com Design Created manages and maintains our website, Truth and Justice Pod, where you can view all photos and documents discussed in every episode. Thank you to our volunteer transcription team, Pamela Westby, Kathy McElhaney, Courtney Wimberly, Erica Cantor, Melissa Cardenas, Kaywood Yomnick, and Danielle Rohr. And as always, thank you to all of you for your engagement and your support. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that in a number of ways. 
The number one way for you to support our work is to become a patron at patreon.com slash truthandjustice. If you join our Patreon, not only will you be financially supporting our work, but you'll also get something for your pledge. For just $5 per month, you'll get all episodes ad-free and also a video version of the Friday follow-ups that include an hour-long pre-show chat exclusive to our patrons. Other levels will get you a Truth and Justice Army t-shirt, Truth and Justice hats, and even the opportunity to co-host a Friday follow-up episode. Just go to patreon.com slash truthandjustice to sign up. You can also help us out by going to iTunes and leaving us a five-star rating and review. It doesn't cost you a penny, and it goes a long way towards making the show more visible. If you have a case that you'd like us to consider covering, you can submit your cases on our website, truthandjusticepod.com. Just click on the case submission button and fill out the form. And the most important thing that you can do is engage in our investigations. You can keep in touch with us through our email at theories at truthandjusticepod.com. You can like our Facebook page, follow us on Instagram, or join in on the conversation on the Truth and Justice Podcast fans page. For all of you tweeters out there, you can connect with us on Twitter at TruthJusticePod, and I can be found on social media at BobRuffTruth. However you do it, stay engaged, stay in touch. But as for now, I'm signing off. I'm Bob Ruff, and this has been Truth and Justice.